Good morning, Skillman. How are we doing today? I want to welcome you to the Skillman Church of Christ. And if you are a friend today, I'm so glad that you are here. It brings me great pleasure and joy to welcome you to this amazing church family. It is a wonderful Sunday. It's Palm Sunday. It's the Sunday before Easter. And we have an amazing day ahead. If you can stay for lunch, uh, you are invited to free lunch right now as we speak. There are people in that kitchen cooking an amazing, delightful meal. And uh, there will be some, some entertainment and working on some things uh, that could make you smile and laugh. It might make you cringe. But uh, we, we would love for you uh, to, uh, to be a part of this. I do have to be... Uh, I have to do something that I don't really want to do right now. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but there's a basketball tournament going on. Uh, and uh, I'm a proud graduate of the Texas A&M University. There it is. And uh, we, uh, we had the opportunity to play Michigan a couple of nights ago on Thursday night. And I was for sure we were going to win, for sure. Uh, and in fact, Jake Jacobson and uh, Josh Gofield are, are big Michigan fans. So we decided to put a wager on the game. And uh, if you guys don't know the results of the story, my, the good guys lost. Uh, Texas A&M. But the good news is, is that, that Michigan didn't score 100 points. They scored 99. And uh, so uh, as part of my punishment, I, I do need to wear this shirt while I preach today. So, <laughs> it'll teach me not to do that ever again. Uh, but congrats to Michigan for making it to the Final Four, and uh, maybe next year for the Texas Aggies. But I, I'm so distracted right now. I don't know what to do. Please pray for me right now. <laughs> You're loving this, Josh, aren't you? You're loving it. Uh, friends. Uh, we are so glad that you are here today. Uh, we are a spiritual family. Uh, we are a community of faith. And our story begins at the very beginning of time. This family, we believe that this earth was created by a loving God. That the earth wasn't created by some accident or an act of violence. But it was a divine act of love that created this world into existence. And we are a result of this creation from a loving God. Our family here as well, we trace our family lineage all the way back to a man named Abraham. And Abraham was the beginning of this tribe that God called not only blessed by God, but also to be a tribe that blesses other people in the world here and now. This family that we're a part of, this community of faith, we also listen to the voices of the prophets. The prophets who lived in a time when Israel was booming, their economy was rich, the jobs were, were amazing, they had the, the wealth. And these prophets speak to us and remind us that in times that are good, in times when the economy is soaring, we cannot forget the poor. We cannot forget the marginalized. In this church family, we declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. And next week we will celebrate together and declare that the tomb is empty. And this is who we are as a family. And we are so glad that you can be a part of uh, this reunion that we have each and every week. And today is Palm Sunday, and usually this time of year, we preach about the latter part of the ministry of Jesus. But this morning, what I'd like to do is talk about the beginning 
of Jesus' ministry. The very beginning of when he started. And also look at the details and what we can learn from the way that Jesus began this incredible story that we are now a part of today. So if you have your Bibles, uh, we'll be in the book of John. John chapter 1. In the book of John, it begins with John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a, a precursor, the hype man for Jesus, where he would go and he would tell of someone greater that was coming after him. And John had lots of disciples, disciples that would listen to him and, and listen to his message about repentance. And we pick it up in verse 35 of chapter 1. It says that the next day, John, this is John the Baptist, was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, hey, what do you guys want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Which really is, is a deeper question. Who are you? What are you about? What are you doing here? Can, can we join with you in what is happening? Because we've heard amazing things from our, from our teacher, John, about who you are. And Jesus, in verse 39 of chapter 1, says, come, he replied, and you will see. Come, and you will see. So they went and they saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. And then we hear, we hear about Andrew. Andrew is the brother of Peter and, and Andrew recruits Peter to go and, and follow Jesus. And if we pick it up in, in verse 43, Jesus also finds Philip. And so here we have stories of Andrew, we have Peter, we have Philip. And Philip is recruiting Nathaniel. And these, all, these four people will eventually become part of the 12 apostles. And all four of these will eventually, according to Christian tradition, die because of their faith as martyrs. But in verse 43 of chapter 1, the next day Jesus decided to leave Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, hey, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And then verse 46, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. So here he began to pick holes. They weren't a big fan of where Jesus was from. And instead of arguing with Nathaniel, Philip, who had spent time with Jesus and who had seen with his eyes who Jesus was and that his message really was an amazing message, Philip tells his brother Nathaniel, come and see. Come and see. I just think this is so interesting to me because here we have a, a disagreement where Nathaniel is challenging who Jesus is. And Philip doesn't argue with a three-point plan or a seven-step process. Or he doesn't hand him a pamphlet. He doesn't send him and say, oh, hey, you should watch this DVD if they had a method. 
But what Philip does is he invites Nathaniel to an experience. He invites Nathaniel to come and to see. It's an experience. It's greater than just intellect. It's, it incorporates the entire body. You see, friends, there are some things in life that we cannot fully know until we experience it. There are things that words do not have the power to describe. There are things that are so amazing, so good, that the only way to truly know what it is is to experience it. You know, a good example of this is, is food, right? There are some amazing foods out there. And you can describe the food, you can give the ingredients, but really it's not until you taste the food that you really know the awesomeness of what this food is. I remember when I was growing up, I had the privilege in Thailand of being there when Pizza Hut first came to Thailand. Like, can you imagine a life without pizza? <laughs> like, I lived in a world where there was no pizza at one point, and Pizza Hut came to Thailand, and so all my Thai friends were curious, hey, there's this new restaurant, Pizza Hut, what is pizza? What is it? And I didn't know what pizza was, I didn't describe what pizza was. And I said, well, pizza is you got this bread, you bake it, and you put cheese on this, this bread, and you, and, and you bake this and the cheese and the bread. And they interrupted me, and they said, well, what's cheese? All right, well, cheese, let's take it back. All right, cheese, you take some milk, and you kind of let it sit there, heat it up, and it begins to curd. You have curds of wave. And they started like, this is, you eat this stuff? They could not believe, as I just started to describe cheese, they could not believe that a human being, and think about it, if you think about cheese, it sounds disgusting, but cheese is amazing. And you put cheese with the bread and tomato sauce, Oh my goodness, it's like heaven on earth. It's pizza. You can't, there are certain things you can't fully know until you experience. I found a funny video of some friends in Thailand, the Thai embassy put on, of uh, some Thai trying American food for the first time. And the video's pretty long, but they, this video has s'mores and uh, those really sour, sour patch candies. Uh, and if you have time, you can do this video because they, they also do other food. But look in here, there's no way you can describe what a s'more is. You have to experience it in a style patch. And it's in Thai, so if you speak Thai, you're rough. But if you don't speak Thai, there's subtitles you can read down here. But this is an example of something that you cannot describe, it's only experience. <laughs>
So here we have an example. I mean, a s'more, if you were to describe what a type of s'more is, they wouldn't know what you're talking about. The only way to fully experience it, the only way to know it is to experience it. There's certain things that are like this, that vocabulary does not have the power to describe. Another example is music and songs. There are certain tunes that just move your soul. And if you were to describe it in words, we didn't do it justice. I've been listening to a song recently that's been really powerful to me. Uh, it's actually from the movie The Thin Red Line, where uh, this soldier, during World War II, they went to the Papua New Guinea Islands. And uh, there's a choir there, the Melanesian choir, that sings this amazing hymn. Because missionaries came early on and they began to teach these, uh, these people, these amazing people, the, the word of God. And they, in their beautiful voices, began to sing about it in their, in their own way. And as the director, as they were filming this film, they caught wind of this beautiful sound. And they incorporated it into the movie. Uh, and so this song, it's, it's called, Jesus, You Holom Ham Blong Me. And the lyrics are, Jesus, You Holom Ham Blong Me, You Tukum Ham Blong Me, Abba Me, Krak Falyo, You Nun Fan Igri Gang Shanting, Long Ifala Long, Abba Me Prophet For You. The translation is, Jesus, hold my hand, take my hand. Abba, I cry out for you. You find every good thing in this world. Abba, I cry out for you. So what do you guys think about this song? Does it move you? I mean, if you were to... Would you recommend this song to somebody else? Now, some of you are shaking your head no out there because you haven't heard it. How can you, how can you fully like, explain a song or, or, or articulate the power of a song if you don't even know it, if you haven't experienced it? Would you guys, well, I have a friend, Betty Crabb, before service, I let her listen to this song. And she's going to come and maybe explain it to you better. And maybe then you can fully understand this song. Come on up, Betty. She listened to the song. Could you be a witness, a testimony to this song and explain to them uh, what it was like? Oh, no, you got to do it uh, from memory. Yeah. Okay, so... Um... It was kind of snappy and kind of clappy, and uh, it, it sounded happy and like you wanted to kind of move with it and uh, bright, cheery. Yeah, are you setting me up? No, man, <laughs> this is you. This, this is you. Yeah, this is you. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, you wanted to like maybe sing along. Okay. Well, thank you. So, do you guys do you guys have a good grasp of the song? Now, do you know it, Danielle? Do you know the song? I mean, could you sing this song to me now? Could you describe it? Does this song move you? Well, the answer, of course, is no. Because you can't explain a song. You can't explain music. Music is so rich that sometimes vocabulary doesn't have the ability to communicate. So let's listen to this song together. And then I'm going to ask you if you know the song. If you know it. If you know it in your soul.
That's good. Thank you, Billy. So now you know the song. If I were to say, hey, do you know that song, Jesus, you hold him, hand belong me? Would you say, yes, you know it? You know it because you've heard it. You have been in part of the experience where you have let the, the tunes, the chords come into you and touch your heart. You know this song now. And it wasn't until you heard it, it wasn't until you experienced it, you could really say that you knew it. And I think when it comes to spirituality, and when it comes to speaking about God, when it comes to what we are here doing now, it's very similar to a song. It's very similar to a rhythm. It's very similar to, to a type of food where, where the only way to truly grasp what Jesus is talking about, the only way to truly know the riches of the gospel is to come and to see. It's to experience it. It's not just, you can't understand it, but, you know, with logic and just words and vocabulary. It has to be something where you dive in the pool and you let it consume you and experience the full riches of what this is. There's an author named D.H. Lawrence, and D.H. Lawrence says that you can do whatever you want with a belief, but the experience does something to you. You are not in control anymore. The experience is. And I think, I'm going to say something a little bit, not meaning to be provocative or shocking, but I think that in many ways, the way that we have treated our Christian faith, the way that we've talked about our Christian faith in our friends, the way that we've invited people to come along with us on this journey has greater roots in pagan tradition than in Christian tradition and thought. You see, in a pagan tradition, a god is a static god. It's this old man sitting in the clouds, looking down on earth and deciding whether to intervene or not intervene. Intervene or not intervene. It's very similar to Zeus or one of these, these Greek gods. It's a very pagan way to understand. It's a static way where it becomes just about doctrine and just about belief and just about doing this and, and, and believing this and that. And those are important, but spirituality encompasses a greater breadth. It encompasses the life that we live. The early church fathers had an amazing term. To describe this interplay of what God is doing here and what God is up to. That it's not a static thing, but it's an alive, it's in a, a movement, it's, it's something that's, that is exciting and something that you can experience. The word is perichoresis. Can you say perichoresis? Perichoresis is a Greek word. And it's an amazing word that began to be used in the very first hundred years after the death of Christ. And it was a word that was was constructed by the early church fathers to describe the Trinity, the divine Trinity, the interplay that we have here and now. And this is something that's alive and growing and organic. Peri comes as the same root word of perimeter, which means around. And choresis has the same root word as choreography. Choreography. So peri choresis is this idea of a circle dance. It's a circle dancing. You know, many cultures have circle dances. We don't end it in America for this idea of this divine dance, this circle of activity. 
a community of love in which the members of the divine move and encircle each other in loving and giving and generosity and service. It's this idea that it's alive, it's it's this divine dance. It's a community of endless giving and serving and love. And it's a dance and a flow that you can enter, that you can join, that God is up to something here in the world. The Father, Son, and the Spirit, they're involved in this divine dance, and we are invited to join with them in this divine dance and flow. It's a beautiful picture of what it could be like. We are invited to come and see and join this perichoresis, this dance, this amazing thing that God is up to. When we, as people, when we move from the center and we stand in solidarity with the marginalized and the poor, we have entered the dance. When we, as a people, when we become honest about the darkness that we have within us, and we let the light shine in there and we do the interior work of growth, then we have entered into the dance. When we see that we are here to give ourselves to something that is greater and larger and more magnificent than we are, then we have entered into the dance. When we are honest and we wear t-shirts that we don't want to just because we made a bet that we want to be honest with who we are, we have entered into the dance. And this morning, my friends, we have an invitation to enter into this divine dance, this perichoresis, this flow that is happening here and now. If you are a guest today, you are invited to come and to see, to come and to see what this dance is about, to come and experience with all of your heart about what this amazing gospel is. Uh, Just, you know, logic, Arguments, uh, that won't do the trick. You will not be convinced. The only way is to jump in and come and to join us as we dance this amazing design dance and enter the flow of God. If you are a part of this family, you're invited and reminded today that this faith that we have in Jesus, it's not static, but it's alive. It's active. And that we are called to be a part of this flow. You know, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I think as I was reflecting on that very verse this week, I think that one way that we could interpret that sentence is that Jesus is saying, hey, friends, I am showing you what this dance looks like. I'm showing you what it means to dance and to join in on this divine flow. One of the things that Jesus did was to give his life for us. And we have the opportunity to give ourselves. And we're going to stand and we're going to sing what the Lord has done for me. What the Lord has done for me. And this allows us to begin with a place of gratitude and a place of of gratefulness. So if you have prayers today, if you would like to be a part of this flow, if you've never heard of Jesus, your first time here and you want to know more. You are invited to this dance. If you have any questions 
or comments or you want to be a part of it, we are here. We have elders on the side. I'll be out front. If you have any prayer requests, there's a person beside you, but there will also be prayers. But right now, let's stand and let's sing what the amazing things the Lord has done for us today.